My name is Dr. Brian Thatcher, and I would like to welcome you to Pearls of Divine Mercy. I'm speaking on behalf of Eucharistic Apostles of the Divine Mercy, a lay outreach ministry of the Congregation of Marians of the Immaculate Conception based in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Our mission is to form Divine Mercy prayer groups or cenacles where people learn the faith and then build up the local church through spiritual and corporal works of mercy and to promote the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist and recitation of the Divine Mercy Chaplet during Eucharistic adoration for the intentions of the sick and dying. Our website is at www.thedivinemercy.org, thedivinemercy.org. For information on the ministry, please call us toll-free at 877-380-0727. All callers will receive a free prayer card with the Divine Mercy Chaplet on the back. Quotations of St. Faustina are taken from her diary, Divine Mercy in My Soul, copyright 2001, Marians of the Immaculate Conception. Today's topic for discussion will be the Eucharist and trust. First of all, any discussion on the Divine Mercy Incarnate must include the Eucharist, for they are one and the same. That is, the Divine Mercy Incarnate is Jesus, and Jesus is the Eucharist. Just as blood carries life-sustaining oxygen and nutrients to all the cells in our body, the Eucharist is our spiritual food and transfuses us with life-saving grace and power. Jesus is a sacrificial lamb who gave up his life out of love for us. In Jeremiah eleven nineteen, it is written, But I was like a gentle lamb led to the slaughter. And in 1 Peter, You know that you were a ransom from the futile ways inherited from your fathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. The Eucharist is food for our spiritual journey and provides us with the nourishment and grace that we need for our travels on the spiritual road of life. The sacrament was instituted on Holy Thursday, and this gift is ongoing and celebrated daily in Masses all over the world. Jesus wants us to partake in this gift as frequently as our station in life permits. From John 6, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. The Church teaches that at the moment of consecration during the Mass, the bread and wine on the altar become the body and blood of Jesus Christ. The Council of Trent in 1551 condemned the opinion that Christ is present only in the elements as a sign or that Christ is received only spiritually. In John 6, 48-51, I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, but they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, that a man may eat of it and never die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread which I shall give for the life of the world is my flesh. After the consecration, the bread and wine cease to exist, although the appearance remains. This change is called transubstantiation. While it is true God is everywhere spiritually, the Eucharistic presence of Christ, that is, that Christ is present body, blood, soul, and divinity, is called the true presence or the real presence. 
When discussing the real presence, we can see from John chapter 6 that even at the time of Christ there was disagreement and discussion, and many did not understand what he was saying. He speaks of being the living bread which came down from heaven, and he added, For my flesh is food and my blood is drink. However, in verse 60 it is written that many of his disciples, when they heard it, remarked, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? And in verse 66, After this, many of his disciples drew back and no longer went about with him. The early Christians who believed in the real presence suffered much. There was much persecution and there were many martyrs. People met and prayed in secret and could not openly discuss their faith. As a result, a community of secrecy developed as reflected in the signs and symbols of the early church, ones that could not be deciphered by the pagans due to their complexity. Early this century, when the catacombs were discovered and excavated, several symbols were found in far greater frequency than others. They reflected on the meaning of life and the great secret, the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Interestingly, it was not Christ's resurrection, his numerous healings, the Sermon on the Mount, the raising of Lazarus from the dead, or his passion that predominated in the symbolic artwork of the catacombs. Rather, it was the symbol of the Eucharist that was the focus throughout and was even most prominent on Peter's tomb. One of the most well-known Eucharistic miracles that his church approved is that of Lanciano, Italy. It occurred in the 700s. Lanciano is a small town on the Adriatic Sea. The term means the lance, and tradition has it that St. Longinus, the soldier whose lance pierced the heart of Jesus, from which blood and water flowed, was from Lanciano. Now, Longinus converted after the events of the crucifixion and was eventually martyred for the faith. At the time of this miracle, heresy was spreading in the church about the true presence of our Lord in the Eucharist. A monk was having doubts, and his doubts were getting stronger. One morning during Mass at the consecration, he began to shake and tremble and face the people to show them what had happened. The host had turned to flesh and the wine into blood. The miracle took place 1,300 years ago and is still ongoing. In the 1970s, testing was done and revealed that the flesh to be human heart tissue and the blood to be of human origin. The blood had characteristics of living blood and no preservatives of any kind were found in either specimen. So we ponder the miracle of Lanciano and listen to sacred scripture. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Let us ponder about our Lord's pierced heart, his love for us, and call upon his mercy on behalf of all sinners. As we say, O blood and water, which gush forth from the heart of Jesus as a fount of mercy for us, I trust in you. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Brian Thatcher, for Pearls of Divine Mercy. If you would like to know more about our efforts to form Divine Mercy prayer groups or cenacles and to promote recitation of the Divine Mercy chaplet during Eucharistic adoration for the sick and the dying, please call our ministry toll-free at one 877 3800727 or look at our website at www.thedivinemercy.org thedivinemercy.org All callers will receive a free prayer card with the Divine Mercy Chaplet printed on the back. <laughs>